Hey, man. Welcome to the Badam Ching with Carl. What's happening, my pod people? You got Carlito over here. Welcome back to the Badam Ching with Carl. Episode 3 with CR3. Appreciate you guys for joining us tonight. Ain't too much in a rambling spirit, so let's just jump right into this thing. Episode 3, Taylor Williams. Taylor Williams has been a friend of mine since she moved to town about two years ago. Matter of fact, first open mic she did in Nashville, I was there. And she is a, obviously a comedian. She is a woodworker. She is a fine arts visual artist. What follows is a conversation between the two of us. So without further ado, man, Taylor Williams. When it's my birthday, every single person I come across is going to know about it. I cannot help myself. I'll be at the grocery store checking out, and the lady will be like, would you like paper or plastic? And I'm like, well, what do you normally give to the birthday girl? <laughs> what you got? You know what? Let's go plastic. It's not Earth Day, it's my day. Okay? I think the Earth has had about enough birthdays. Probably will be for a few more years now. Um, I'll probably die doing what I love, um, just texting and driving. <laughs> Any greater rush in this life. I will purposefully text like six of my girlfriends, Missy Girl, like 20 minutes before I hit the road. So I think I've got endorphin blast just rolling. Taylor Williams, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, buddy? I think I'm okay. It's been several months, you know, I, I, it's weird that I only see my friends now, like through this thing, you know? Yeah. You know, um, for the most part. I, I got myself a little COVID test. So I felt like two solid days of feeling guilt free about seeing, saying hello to people in public. That's good. Yeah. But now, yeah. you know, who knows again? Yeah. Uh, it's a never ending cycle, right? Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, you said you were rollerblading today. That's right. That's, that's interesting. <laughs> I've never been on rollerblades. I've been on regular skates, but once I saw the like rollerblade, and I, like, I don't think I could balance myself on that. <laughs> I bet you could. You it think so? Really, it doesn't take a thing. I mean, I have yet to fall, and I am not. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't have the goods as far as like balance in regular life. But I've. I haven't fallen. The trick is. You find an area uh, that is just perfectly flat. Ah. You just never go anywhere else. Find the flat place and stay there. Yeah. They put Cornelius Air Park. Which is ah. a if I I tried another location one day and it and it went from zero degrees to like one degree down and I immediately abandoned ship. <laughs> it's so like insane me. that they have like the stopper on the back of the one shoe is if you're falling, you're like falling forward and then you're going to lean back. You're going to just abandon like every instinct inside of you and lean backwards onto it. Uh-huh. The only thing that would make sense is if it would like rocket out a square of grass that you can slowly merge into. Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. I, I couldn't do it. You know, I, I, 
I stood on a skateboard when I was like seven years old and just kind of put my foot on it. And I was like, I, I can't do this. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I applaud you for, for doing that. Yeah. I did the same thing. I went, uh, I got on my brother's skateboard when I was a kid. Um, and I just stood on it outside of my house all day until someone from my school came by. Mm-hmm. So that they'd be like, Oh, she's like a, a rollerblade or is it a, um, what is it? What were you just saying about? Oh, me? I was just mentioning skateboarding. skateboarding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I wanted them to know me as a skateboarder chick, so I just waited until someone saw me on it, which has been my approach to a lot of different things in life. That makes sense. I get yeah. that. You just wait for somebody to come by like, that's a skateboard. Yeah. Oh, she, she did that. Cool. <laughs> is it skateboarder or skateboardist? I don't know. This, yeah. This is this is getting out of hand. <laughs> so what have you been doing to keep busy? During this uh, um, pandemic, boy, well, truly a lot of blading um, mm-hmm. and trying to listen to audiobooks while I blade. So I just knock out two good things together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my my boyfriend and I are trying to start a um, toy company. A toy company. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's great. Thank you. I like toys. <laughs> Yeah, they're a treat. Um, and they're going to be wooden toys, kind of like old Fisher Price style kind of stuff. Uh, and I will be illustrating the wacky little guys. And then he's just going to take care of the mechanics of the thing. Oh, wow. So. But you also do woodworking as well. So you're going to have a, a hand at designing those and yes. the thing. That's great. I like the, the part of woodworking, anything that's like you, you can see yourself doing it in a factory repetitively without any mental strain. Like I like stuff where they're just like here, we just need you to round the edges of 400 of these and mm-hmm. you can just like completely check out. That's my, yeah. that's the goal for any job. I think it's just, if you can do it mindlessly, you know? Yeah. It's always working restaurants because it doesn't take a whole lot of, you know, brain power to do that. I mentioned earlier and people may not know this, that yes, you do woodworking. Where did that start for you? Well, uh, it really, my dad's a woodworker and my grandpa and I Mm. have just thought, what wholesome work. Isn't that nice? And when I moved to Nashville, um, I just thought I would try out an internship with this company called Barber Woodworking and um, I did an internship and then he hired me and I worked with him and this other girl, Amanda Banta, who's a brilliant musician and a lovely person. And we mostly just goofed all day. There was just constant singing and joke, joking and that made up for a lot of productivity expectation. Nice. Yeah. You got to make it fun too, you know, like for anything that you do. Yeah. Uh, well, I didn't know that, that your father and grandfather. So it's kind of like a yes. family trade, so to speak. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. <laughs> very cool. Uh, I'll let you decide. Where do you want to start? Comedy or art? Well, well, um, gosh. For you, where did this story begin? I mean, I, I guess visual. Yeah. I I think that I always, um, whenever I drew stuff, I, my goal wasn't for someone to be like, 
wow, I am moved and and transcending. Just, <laughs> you know, I wanted anything I drew usually was hoping that someone would get a little um, laugh out of it. And so I think with comedy, I was always super drawn to it. And then when I, I moved to New York for a while and was listening to Pete Holmes podcast religiously. And, um, and it was great because any night of the week um, I could listen to him interview someone and then go to these different spots that just wouldn't announce who they were having, but it would be usually someone really respected, well-known who was just wanting to try out new stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get to see him for free and so I was just consuming a lot of that. And I think a lot of people who end up doing that feel like, well, maybe I could try this out. I don't know. How did you get into it? Did, did you start coming to open mics? And My mind was, uh, was kind of a weird thing. Uh, so I got divorced for the last time. In <laughs> hey, never say never. <laughs> never, say never. <laughs> oh, I said never. <laughs> so, so in 2016, I, I moved to... Um, East Nashville, where I still am. And the very first place I went was um, Village Pub and Beer Garden. And the first person I met was Joshua Wagner. Uh. Yes, RIP. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the way down in Atlanta. But, you know, hang, hanging out there, uh, I just noticed everybody that worked there was funny. And mm-hmm. I didn't know why. And then eventually I found out why, that they were all his comic friends, you know. So eventually I was like, this is fun. And so like through Josh, he's like, Hey man, just come to the East room sometime. Yeah. That took me like two years of, of thinking about it. Oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. And then I decided I'm going to do it. So yeah, yeah, it it was getting divorced, led me to Josh Wagner, which led me to East room. And I never looked back, you know, that's like two years ago. So once I found that though, uh, you know, it filled that void of, of, you know, bad relationships. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Basically. You know, because you know, I have comedy and I have music and this is, I'm, I'm rounded out now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so like ever since then I've been good or yeah. myself, it, I guess. <laughs> that's so nice. Yeah. It can be so therapeutic for a lot of people and the balance is really nice. I think the reason why um, I like having a few different little creative avenues is just because I think when I just have one that I'm primarily all entrenched in so much of my identity and self-worth can get wrapped up in that. And, um, and so it's, it's nice to, if you do a terrible drawing or have a terrible set, um, you're like, well, I have something else too. (laughs) (laughs) You'll find something within the other things to, you know, Make yourself feel better, you know. <laughs> yeah. and I don't know if that's healthy or if that's you know whatever. I mean, there's also value in, you know, of course, friendships and family and uh, things. But uh, it's never as, as as good though as when you could yeah. have a good set or you know somebody compliments your your drawings. You know, sure. is that is that offensive to say drawings? Like as no. an artist, doodles, doodles, uh, or your little or your little drawings. Um, something like that is, uh, um, not, not preferable, but understood. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Well, I, I, I want to bring it up cause, uh, 
I was reviewing your a lot of your uh, illustrations, uh, illustrations on your Instagram page, which people can find at Tay Slurp, right? Yes. Tay Slurp, Taylor Williams, Tay Slurp. But I've always admired those drawings on that page and I'm showing my age here, maybe my naivete or both, but it, it's real gritty. It reminds me, the characters remind me of like Mike Judge style stuff, you know, like oh. it's very like, very ugly and yes. like hard to look at, but like you created like this, this whole like universe of characters that all like fit together, you know, like oh. in a beautifully gross way. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, like where did that come from? Like that style, how did that come about for you? Well, gosh, I, you know, I think I could point to a few different things. There's like some, some, People, I didn't really get super into art until I was in college. I was so, I was just floundering around. Like I have no clue what my, what my thing is until, um, until college. Cause I was wrapped up in like a very wacky culty school church combo up until yeah. that point. Um, but when I was in college, I got really excited about German expressionism and they do a lot of really, you know, abstract kind of, uh, they just like really whack out a lot of, um, features Mm -hmm. and I was just like, well, that's really neat. And then just like a a few of the different people that I went to school with really influenced me. Um, but yeah, I love Mike judge and I love Ren and Stimpy and um you know all those kinds of Brocco's modern life um yeah they're just it's so much more fun and i and i also had i think <laughs> was working through a lot of like um discomfort with the human body because of the way i grew up was very just like um it was, yeah, there was a lot of weird shame about, like, revealing any parts of your body. Like, we were supposed to wear uh, undershirts, and basically if a man saw your midriff, then you were responsible for his soul going straight to hell. So me drawing a bunch of, like, grotesque body parts spilling out and stuff um, felt very therapeutic. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Very cool. Another thing I like about your um, art is that it is hysterical, you know, like not just visually, but you know, you write your little captions in. <laughs> I said a little, but you write, you write captions in that are, that are hysterical, you know, and it just creates this fun vibe. Aww. And so, yeah. That's very kind. Thank well, you. Well, thank you for, for drawing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get back to comedy for you. Um, so you were in New York, you were listening to podcasts, you were starting to go to the mics. Uh, did you start going up on stage at some of these mics in New York? Yeah, I did. It was so bad. It was so, <laughs> so bad. And, um, and that's okay. I've, I've absolutely blocked out 99% of it. Um, but the, the cool thing 
that happened was I took a stand-up class, which seems, yeah, uh, seemed weird, but I was like, it was really awesome. It was, it was taught by this guy, um, Tom Shalou, who I think like he opened up for Jim Gaffigan for a while and it was just like this goofy dad type and it was a small class and we just got to come in and every week and um, we had to listen to our sets and highlight where we were getting laughs and throw away the rest. And it was just like really good for like just the actual practice of it and the work um, that you can do in there. And then we, we did a show together at the end and uh, he got Todd Berry to headline for us. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'd been seeing Todd Berry around town a bunch and I was like, this is the biggest thing. This is a really exciting thing. And of course he just shit on us the whole time as he should have. <laughs> um, and yeah, it just was so fun. Uh, also did an improv class, which was the opposite experience, but <laughs> <laughs> actually the, the classes of the improv class were wonderful, but then the show was just an absolute nightmare come to life. So mm. I'm still contemplating taking an improv class just to do it, you know, just yeah, to see I that think, part of the world, you know, <laughs> I think it's good for the people in it and, and bad for, well, I won't. <laughs> Bad for the audience. It's just one of those art forms. It has such a grave, just like disparity between um, how much of it is good and bad. Mm. <laughs> like really good improv is like watching actual magic. And then that improv is, is you will never sweat more in your life than watching <laughs> that go down. Yeah. I, 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 but I respect it. I respect it. I respect it. Yes. So how long uh, were you in New York? Uh, Three years. And how long did you perform stand up in New York? It was pretty spotty when I was there. I was just like super duper. uh, I don't even remember. It was kind of a long time ago. And then Mm -hmm. um, I, I didn't do it a ton, maybe like a couple times a week. Uh, and then the class, and then I moved back to Charlotte and, um, I had a manic moment where I was like, I'm going to put on the comedy show in my hometown. Mm -hmm. And, um, I invited a few comedians I do around and Charlotte is, uh, yet to really build itself in the comedy, um, arena, at least as far as the open mic scene goes but um but it was really it, it went fine but uh I got so overwhelmed about it afterwards and was just picking apart everything that went wrong mm-hmm. and got morbidly depressed about it and I was like you know what I'm never I am never doing this again <laughs> <laughs> and then you came to Nashville and then I came to Nashville and yet again, had that beautiful thing where you don't know everyone in the city, so you can just anonymously go up and humiliate yourself until you have a few flickering moments of not embarrassing yourself and just having a nice little page. When did you uh, move here? Uh, let's see, two, three years ago. Okay. 
Where'd you start doing comedy in Nashville? Do you remember? Like for sets? First, yes, I do remember. It's not, it's not a thing anymore. It was Josh Black's show um, at the poor. Yes. Yeah. And I was about to say, that's the first time I, I saw you uh, perform. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was my first time here. And uh, everyone was super nice and welcoming. And yeah, you know how it is. It's just a little bit addicting once you kind of dip your toe in it. Yeah, you're right. And, and, and for me, I think just the how warm everybody was in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, it's a very inviting scene that we have, you know, mm-hmm. and very encouraging, especially if you just try, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, I've met some great people in this scene, and, you know, mm-hmm. you're one of them. And uh, it's been great to see you, like, evolve and get funnier and tighter. And now, you, well, before the pandemic, you were doing zanies, <laughs> right? Yeah. You remember, uh, what's some highlights of, of doing that for you? Oh, so gosh. I mean, without a doubt, I've been a huge fan of Rory Scovel forever. And mm-hmm. um, and so the last thing I really got to do before the pandemic was uh, open for him for a whole weekend. And I was like, I can die now. I didn't <laughs> think that it would become such a real threat um, to immediately die after that. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, and then, and then here comes the... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the shutdown. You're like, I didn't really mean it. So, <laughs> yeah, I was just so you're saying that, that your excitement for the show caused this pandemic? I feel a lot of, yeah. I, um, yeah, there's a level of narcissism that feeds into just my guilt complex. Um, this is a cycle that, yeah. It's <laughs> never ending. But uh, that was awesome. And then um, it's just... I'm sure you understand, but it, it it's tricky. Like when you're in it, you're just in it and you're going with like, what is opportunities are coming and stuff. Yeah. And then anytime you have a moment to breathe, you're like, wow, at least half of this is so mortifying. And it's, it's like, it's gonna, I mean, I won't be able to resist it, but it's, um, it's like really daunting the thought of like coming back into that world. Do you feel that? Do you like beat the crap out of yourself or? I always, yeah, I always have, you know, and, and I'm a, I look real laid back, but it's a defense mechanism for my inner anxieties, you know? Um, but yeah, for sure. Like uh, writing wise, I'm not writing as much as I'd like to, but also I don't have a, a goal. You know, there's nowhere to really play, you know, no real shows. You know, there's a few mics in town and everything right now. But for me, uh, that's that's been um, uh, nerve-wracking for me. It's like knowing I'm not writing, but also there's no goal. So why write? But Yeah, but there will there will be. There will be. You know, I, the, but the things I've been writing is like, you know, things that are happening now which it's not much you know <laughs> but i'm starting to get better i'm starting to you know take time out like i used to and write something every day you know so oh, I'm, start, I'm starting to feel or see the light at the end of the tunnel and uh, know that this is temporary yeah uh, what about you i mean like are you still writing or 
comically what's going on? Um, to be honest with you, I've just, I, I have kind of decided that this is such a bizarre time in history. It's something that will never come, may never come around again. Maybe it will become a normal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, up until a few weeks ago have just kind of been like, I'm going to take this break from the entire world for everything it's worth and just like figure out what I really care about and kind of catch up to life. Um, but the more I'm seeing people starting to put on shows and I, I'm motivated by a jealousy uh, <laughs> and so seeing some buds of mine getting to do cool shows um, is definitely a motivating factor. And I'm, yeah. And I applaud all those people that are doing that because it's a brave thing to do, especially in 2020, even more brave, you know, yeah. to like have the risk of passing out on stage, you know, and these things. <laughs> yeah. So, it's weird times. Yeah. It's weird times, but weird times. we'll be back. We'll be back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely miss everybody. And it's funny, even the people I'm like, wouldn't call them my like best friends or anything, but just like that whole environment is really- the, the comedy community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I always uh, equated it for right or wrong to like the land of misfit toys. You know, it's like we're mm-hmm. all a little broken in our own little way, but that's <laughs> bonds us, you know? <laughs> yeah. And like nobody else will understand that little world, you know, except for comedians. So I miss it too. Yeah. Yeah. Some good people, some real wacky guys. Yeah. And gals. And gals. <laughs> well, Taylor, did you have fun? I did. It was oh, nice yeah. to catch up with you. Uh, could you just let the good people know where to find you online, both artistically, comedically, where you at? Sure. Um, I am, you mentioned earlier, Taylor on Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will be updating those if I end up doing shows in the near future, of course. Sure. Um, and that's it. Yeah, you're a sweet, sweet man, and I appreciate your time. I appreciate you. Look forward to seeing you in the real world. Likewise. Thank you, Taylor. There it was, guys. Episode three. We did it. Appreciate everybody for the support, man. Be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, uh, I believe pretty soon on iHeartRadio. Google Podcasts, just look us up, man. Give us that follow, give us that like, give us that love. Speaking of love, man, this guest list keep on growing. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, starting next week, you can expect weekly episodes of the Badumching. You guys, I want to leave y'all with uh, about the best thing I can give y'all from myself: a drum solo. Thank you. Good night.